0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish
1: you that? <laughs> we're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show.
2: The only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. It is officially the start of college basketball season, ladies and gentlemen, because it is officially the start of the Field of 68 after dark season. What's going on? My name is Rob Doster, and this is our Field of 68 ACC preview show. I'm joined by the one and only Randolph Childress, the legend from Wake Forest himself. And I'm also joined by Jeff Goodman, stadium insider, who goes to a couple games and decides to tell everybody that he knows everyone. He's I'm a legend. The what are you
1: talking about? I mean, legend. <laughs>
2: In your own mind, he is whatever, in whatever it own takes. Own mind. Well, listen. The big news is that we are back over the course of the next two weeks. We're going to be rolling through six Power Conference previews, a look at some of the best teams outside of those Power Six conferences, as well as a breakdown of our All-American teams, where, spoiler alert, we may be having interviews with a number of the uh, the players that make our All-Americans list. It's going to be a lot of fun. On today's show, we're diving into everything ACC, the best storylines, the best teams. We're going to give you our power rankings. I'm going to make RC rank every single team in the Atlantic Coast Conference is going to be fun. I'm going to put them on the hot seat. Speaking of hot seats, we're going to talk about the coaches that need to get some wins to save their jobs this season. There's much, much more. First and foremost, though, I need to let you guys know about the Almanac. That's what I'm using. That's why I have all my notes here. As you can see, I got the highlighter working. We, uh, we're selling them, $19.99. You can get them in the link in the description below. It's the best way to get yourself prepared for the season. 1,300 words on every Single division one team, we spoke to every single division one head coach. The entire thing, Jeff. I don't know if you have it in front of you.
1: I do. Six, you want to see it?
2: 600,000 words. When you print the entire thing out, there it is. It is 400. Oh, print, it
1: out. print it out, baby. Look at you. That's
2: 407 pages front and back. That is 814 pages of content. I promise you, if there's a fact in college basketball this season that's not in there, I will reimburse your money for uh, for the almanac. No, out, no, don't say that. Don't out, out of out of Jeff's salary, out of oh. Jeff's pocket, out of his uh, his gambling winnings. Anyway, listen, uh, the ACC. We're going to get into that. We're going to dive into everything in this conference. I want to talk about the biggest storylines first, and without a doubt, Jeff, I said I think the single biggest storyline in this conference is Coach K is gone. According to to Williams, North Carolina ended his career. Uh, in the Final Four last season, in Cameron Indoor uh, Stadium last season, and John Shire is stepping in to replace him. How do you think Shire fares, Jeff?
1: I, I worry about Shire already, to be honest. I worried about him before Derek Whitehead got hurt, and, and now we don't know when he's going to be available, and he's certainly one of their better ready-made freshmen, the guys that could probably impact right away if he was healthy. Um, you know, I love Derek Lively. Kyle is talented. I just think they got too many young dudes for a rookie head coach who's going to have an a absolute gauntlet of a schedule early, starting with the Champions Classic. Uh, you've got other big-time matchups uh, that, that Duke has. So I, I do. I worry about it. I, I think they could, honestly. I thought about not ranking them in my preseason top 25. I have them about 14. But I debated, you know what, should they even be in the top – 25 preseason with a new head coach and a bunch of freshmen and a couple of veterans that were pieces.
2: Yes. To answer your question, they should be in the preseason top 25 because in my First mind, you're, you're you're kind of projecting towards sure. what they could be at the end of the year. And I think that if we're going to say that Duke is a top 15 team by the end of the year, RC, that's probably fair. But right now, as of this very moment, I, I, they're, I think they're going to take some lumps early on in the season. Is that fair?
3: I think they're going to struggle out of the gate. And it's because they're young. I mean, we can say all we want. They're talented, but they're freshmen nonetheless. And the, the biggest thing is they've gotten away with that in the past, but there's no Paulo Bencaro in this class. There's no Zion. There's no, I mean, you can go as far back and, 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 and Brandon Ingram was just a freakish athletic length guy, you know, that you couldn't match up with. You know, so there's not one of those guys in this class. And, and Derek Lively number one p- player in the class. But, again, he's more of a defender, rebounder, offensive thing he brings b- that will come later in the year. So they're really young. This is as young as a Duke team that I've, I can recall in quite some time.
1: You know what else they don't have? The, the refs. They're not going to have that either with K. No, but it's true. Again, it's true. It's true. They're not going to get calls. They've gotten calls for years and deservedly so. They've had a Hall of Famer on the sideline. Now it's going to go where they're probably going to be fortunate to get calls. I don't know if I would go that far,
2: but I do think that the the intimidation factor—like, maybe that's saying it too hard—but referees are humans, right? And I think that there is a presence with a guy like a Coach K or a guy like a Roy Williams or a guy like a John Calipari or Jim Beheim that is—it makes it harder to not give close calls to that team, if that makes sense. What I'm worried about, Jeff, is from the from the Almanac, you interviewed John Shire for it. He has a quote here. It says, we can be a heck of a defensive team and we have to hang our hat on that. To me, that is a huge red flag because the biggest concern I have with freshmen coming in is learning what is expected on the defensive end of the floor. And they're going to be doing that, RC, under a coach that has never run a team or run a program himself. If they are a team that's going to be relying on their defense early on, to me, that's a concern for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is, can you play Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski together? No, I
3: I don't think he can. I think they're going to, if it is, he's going to play zone. What we know, John, is you know, is going to do is he's not afraid to change things. I mean, I I didn't believe he'd go outside the Duke family and add to his staff. I thought he'd bring in, you know, maybe some some other veteran guys on his staff. He didn't. I respect that. I think he'll struggle early because it's just the nature of the business with his team. Everyone else is getting old and they're just really, really young. So I I don't care who's coaching his team, K or not. They're going to struggle out of the gate because they're really, really young because they're at the mercy of the class. I mean, if we were to fast forward this and this was next year, we wouldn't have had this conversation because they'd have two players. Where we're like, hey, that's the number one, number two pick in the draft. They're done. It's just different. We go back a year ago. We knew Paula was going to be top two, number one or two in the draft. They don't have that guy. No one's sitting here saying Derrick Whitehead is going to be the number one pick in the draft next year. When that, they're just at the mercy of these, these incoming guys. I love and
1: Lively. Was- I love Lively, but Lively is not a scorer. No. He, he's a guy that, honestly, if you're going to get 10 and 10 out of, and maybe two and a half, three blocks, that's probably a legitimate hope for John Shire and the staff. Lively's not a guy, again, for those people who haven't seen him, he is long, he runs like a guard, he can finish in transition, he can make an occasional three, and, and Filipowski's built the same. You just saw him, R.C., right? You saw you saw them recently. Yeah, They have similar body builds. They're both super long, uh, and Filipowski, if he's not making shots, I don't know what he's doing. Here's
2: here's my biggest concern with them defensively, is the value for Derek Lively long-term is his ability to be a guy that can protect the rim, while also being able to do different things in ball screen coverages, right? Whether it's playing drop, whether it's even at certain times switching out onto the point guards. The hardest thing to do with big guys is to teach them how to do all of these different reads and have all of these different coverages on the defensive end of the floor in ball screen actions. And he's going to be the anchor of your defense as a freshman. That's that's a very difficult thing to do. I do want to turn this a little bit because we are going to be joined by Jeremy Roach here in a second. RC, you are – a DMV guy you've seen him play I don't know if you guys recruited him but I'm sure that you were kind of uh you knew who he was coming through the high school ranks by the end of last season he was playing some really good basketball I think you can make the argument they don't win a couple different tournament games if it's not for Jeremy Roach making plays down the stretch what do you think should be a realistic expectation for what he can provide this season
3: that's a I mean, that's the million-dollar question. Now, what can he provide? I think he has to play high-level point guard play at the beginning of the season because those guys are going to need his help. Well, of course, they're going to need his leadership because he's the only returning guy. But to get Lively going, he has to play, get in the paint, throw lobs. He has to be the facilitator. And let's be honest, that's something he hasn't had full-time responsibility since he's been at Duke. Starting out the year last year, Wendell Moore was the point guard. Right. Wendell, he was actually third on the team last year in assists. So we're saying now we're going to put the ball in his hands, and he's done that in the past. He has not done that consistently at this level, and there's no help for him. I mean, he's dealing. Well, that's with That's the difference. The yeah, that's yeah.
1: the difference. Now you're relying on Jeremy yes. Roach. Before whatever he gave you was a was bonus. bonus.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. big difference. Yeah. All right, let's get into the interview now with uh, with Jeremy Roach. First of all, congratulations,
3: man! All ACC preseason. How does that feel?
4: Uh, Feels good. Um, Just knowing that put in the work all this summer um, and guys kind of acknowledge me that I will be first first team. I mean, I don't kind of I don't kind of look at that, look at stats, look at accolades uh, because, you know, all I want to do is win. But uh, to be to be honest, preseason first team all ACC, it it means a lot. But I got to put the work in now. Uh, I got to go show it.
3: Speaking of putting in the work, I spoke to D. Clinton today. He said he was working on a jump shot all summer, but you still can't out shoot him. So <laughs> I nah. always, always remember that. <laughs> well, listen, man, I, I know you expect to have a breakout year. Great honor. A lot of respect for you. Uh, I've watched you since you were a freshman in high school. So I'm not I'm not surprised by the level you've achieved and, and the direction and where you're going. But I do want to talk to you about a little bit about your role on this team. I think people – don't understand. Like, let's go back to to a year ago. Things didn't start out great.
4: Yeah. Uh,
3: you guys had a tremendous amount of expectations. But by the end, you were playing as well as anyone on that team. What clicked and when did it click for you last year?
4: Uh last year, so started all kind of up and down. Um, and then I and then I uh got subbed out the lineup and was kind of going back and forth uh, with that. And then it just clicked my high actually my high school coach hit me and he was just like Whatever, whatever, whatever it takes for you to get back on the floor, whatever it takes for the coach, whatever uh, you need from the coaches, like you got to do it. And whether you get 15 minutes, 12 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you got you got to make your, your tape look, look good for that for, for that amount of time that you're on the court. So when I heard, the, when I heard that, I just was like, you know, I had to, I had to lock in. And also he was talking about, like, you don't want to be that guy who's not getting involved in whether you whether you're not whether you're playing or not. You don't want to be that guy who's outside not having a good attitude, not. Uh, showing love to your teammates and and stuff like that. You don't want to be that guy named like, oh, he doesn't really care about the team. He's only care about himself. So that's really what kind of like took me out of uh, out of my shell. And I was like, I gotta focus on others and and not really worry about what I gotta do. Just basically do what I gotta do on the on the court to win and do what the coaches asked me to. And I think that's when it clicked.
3: I don't think people understand. And I think for a person in your position or a point guard, it's the hardest thing to do is learning when to score. And then, and also playing with and without the ball. Now, watch you mm-hmm. playing high school to get to this level. Most times, someone just gives you the ball and you just run with it. Then you get to this team. Yeah. And then last year, you're sharing it with Wendell. You know, you're on the ball, you're off the ball, and it is a big yeah. difference. I don't think people understand the difference in playing <laughs> with and without the ball. So, how's that adjustment yeah. been?
4: Uh, it's been a, it's just just for this year. I mean, it's been a it's a, like you said. It's a, it's, a, it's very it's a big adjustment. Like you got to know when to score. Uh, knowing the past, especially for this team, I got to get guys involved, but I also have to score at the same time. So just fi- trying to find a balance of both. I think just for me this year is just kind of getting guys involved early um, and then stuff will open up for me um, later in the game.
2: One thing I've realized good going about talking with guys from the DMV is they somehow always find a way to mention in a conversation that they're from the DMV. So, R.C., I'm going to give this one to you. Uh, you got about 30 seconds and we'll move on to UNC. Best lineup for Duke this season, best five, assuming Whitehead is healthy and assuming Tyrese Proctor kind of makes that step to be, uh, you know, not just a reclass freshman. What's their best five?
3: Going off of what Coach said, I think the best lineup defensively for them because they're going to struggle some offensively. It's going to be Roach. I I think it'll be Jacobson.
1: Derek Whitehead, Jacobson. He combined the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice
3: job. I'm sorry, Grandison. I said Jacobson. You're right, Grandison. Uh, I'm thinking of. of I, I gotta go with. I gotta go with Mark Mitchell. The four. I, I I know he's coming in as a freshman. He doesn't have the the high. You know the he has a reputation, but again, he's not as highly ranked as lively and Philip Howard. Because he was he's hurt, he yeah. was yeah. hurt on the yeah. AU circuit. Yeah. That's why. But having watched him, he's going to give them a defensive vers- versatility. He's going to be able to switch one through four sometimes five, and obviously lively, patrolling the paint, and he's going to be able to switch some with drop coverage. He's athletic enough. He can do whatever they want. That'll be their best lineup. When they go to the bench, they'll have to change. Something. I think they got to implement zone some this year.
2: Yep. It'll be interesting because a lot of those pieces are very, very young. I mentioned Proctor. He is a reclassified freshman, and Whitehead missed a lot of the preseason with the, uh, with the foot, ankle, something it. or other. Yeah. And what do
1: you think of Proctor? Before we move on quickly, Rob, what do you think of Proctor? RC? I really like him. he can really play really
3: shoots it he's thin you can pressure him a little bit probably speed him up that'll come in time really shoots the mess out he shoots the crap out of he can really really stroke it really so he'll He'll play. they're saying he's gonna play a lot he's gonna play he's gonna play a lot he'll play a lot great size he'll play a lot
2: you know it's early season uh field of 68 after dark when rc is hitting us with shooting the crap Of it. So we'll get you we'll get you we'll get you into midseason form here soon enough, RC. All right, I want to talk about North Carolina. Uh it's amazing that we've gone 15 minutes into the show and we haven't gotten to them yet. They are the preseason number one team according to the AP, they are the preseason number two team according to the almanac. Goodman, I'm gonna throw this to you first. Um, they lost Brady Manic, which was a big loss, but leaky Black came back, Armando baycott came back, Caleb Love came back, RJ Davis came back, they added Pete Nance. All of a sudden, they have a team that looks Pretty dang good, uh, at least on paper. A lot better than it did about December of last season. What do you make of these Tar Heels?
1: I mean, it's crazy to me still because I I, I still have a hard time grasping what they did from March 5th on and saying to myself, that's going to be them. But I do think they're going to be close to that. I think they're going to be a lot closer to that than pre-March 5th when they were, frankly, a fringe tournament team. Uh, Pete Nance is the key. You know, as Hubert told me, We were so lucky to get Pete Nance. I love the portal. That's what he said to me. Roy Williams hated the portal. Hubert's loving it because, again, he got a guy that honestly could get them a national title. I think without Pete Nance, they're not in the equation for a national title. That may sound crazy, but that's how important Brady Manick and a skilled big who could operate and space the floor. He could rebound. Now, I don't know if Nance is going to pick up where he left off last year and shoot you know, 43% from three, but he doesn't have to. He's just got to shoot like 36, 38 from three. There's enough guys around him that he's going to get uncontested shots. And I love Nance because he's a team dude who, who just wants to win after being at Northwestern for the last few years. So I, I think he's exactly what the doctor ordered and why, to me, Carolina is the favorite to win the National title.
2: Yeah, I think that's so important because he is – in a vacuum RC, an NBA player, right? You get these six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guys that are as strong as he is, that can switch the way that he can, that shoot the way that he can. And he's he, he's exactly that kind of role piece that all these NBA teams are looking for. But he came back to college. And like Goodman said, he's a guy that's going to buy into a team concept because he's never won before. And I think that is so important for this group, specifically for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is, you know, guys like Caleb Love, I think it's fair to say guys like Armando Baycott for a while last season, it seemed like they were playing more for draft stock, more for uh, accolades at the end of the year than they were for, to, to go cliche, the team across the front of the jersey. So what do you see coming from this backcourt this year, I guess is the long-winded way to answer ask this question.
3: Well, I'll say before I even answer that, I'll say the biggest thing we're underestimating about Pete Nance in addition to this team is what he's going to add defensively. Because yeah. that was the game plan coming into the – playing them last year was – it was to attack Brady, you know, Brady Manning. That was the one you attacked. You put him in ball screens or you just went right at him. You're not going to make a living doing that. So, now he offers them that much versatility. I'm a big R.J. Davis fan. Mm-hmm. You know, like I saw the Bob Cousy list come out today. And for me to well, see – they screwed up. Not on it, they screwed that up. They like, there's no way – There's, there's no way there's 20 other point guards
1: in the – No, the I think – I, I think they screwed up the position. The okay, okay. I think okay. they should have. They're going to have R.J. at the the two guard, and they had Love yeah. at the point. They screwed up.
3: His his involvement throughout the year, I thought, was the reason they went to the national championship game. I mean, he was. I mean, we already know Amando was good all year long. He, you know, he had his moments, but he was pretty consistent rebounding. All the other guys, Love was hit or miss, which he was all the way up to the end. Tim. His consistency was the reason his involvement as a point guard. I told him at ACC Media today, I'm a huge fan of his, and I I think they'll go as far as he leads them. I think he's I think he's as good a good good point guard as there is in the country. So I'm a huge fan. We know how explosive Love is. If he develops a level of consistency and shot with his shot selection, then you know this team will be. It'll distance himself from everyone else.
2: Those two in combination, I think, are exactly what you want out of a backcourt, right? Like you got R.J. Davis, who's a talented dude who can go get 25 if he needs to, yeah. but also can be the guy that is fine setting the table. Yep. It is fine making sure that Armando gets the ball in his spots. Whereas Caleb Love, there are going to be games where you just need someone to go out and get you 30. And Caleb Love is that guy that can go out and get you 30. Now, he might also go two for 17 the next right. three nights, but you're not going to need him. You know what I mean? Like when, he, when you need him to do what he did against, say, Duke in the final four in the second half, he's capable of doing that. And I don't know how many players at he's their fearless. best are as yeah. dangerous as Caleb Love is. Goodman, I'm going to ask you this.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: I think what we saw throughout last season was that they pay attention, right? They see the clippings, they see the headlines, they see the tweets, they, they heard know us. what the conversation no, no, no.
1: hey, they heard us. We were like five feet <laughs> yes. away from them.
2: Yes, they All they right. they know they know what the conversation is about North Carolina, and when you're when it people like us are on the floor of the, the Mohican Sun Arena saying that oh, these guys are soft, they're selfish, they don't play together while they're walking by, which by the way, we probably shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> they're also probably gonna hear. Preseason number one, us saying Caleb Love is so dangerous. R.J. Davis is, should be the koozie, whatever. Romando Baycott preseason national player of the year, all this stuff. So how do you, as Hubert Davis, prevent that from getting in? How do you stop these guys from getting a big head?
1: So I, I'm going to throw it to R.C. because obviously I've never played at, at, at that level. So I think he's much more adept at answering that than me. But I will say Hubert Davis told me that is going to be maybe his most difficult task this year is, you know, the noise last year that ended up motivating them, how do how do they use it to their advantage this year instead of it hurting them? And these guys getting a little too full of themselves going into the year.
3: When I watched, when I went to their practices this year, he reminded those guys. He's like, "Hey, we're one rebound away from a national from winning the national championship." He's like, he told all those guys, "You guys have done nothing." He was like, "We hang banners here," and he was like, "Had you got a rebound, yeah. you guys would be a part of history here at Carolina, which is why you came." Um, I, you know, for, for them, I, it's, it's, it's simple. I think it was harder a year ago because they were getting their ass kicked. Let's just call it what it was. It was blowouts. It was 20-point blowouts. And then all of a sudden, they turned it around. Now there's a confidence about them that we know we can do it, but they didn't finish the job. So I think that the belief that they could do it, yeah. I, I think they've proven to themselves they can do it. Now there's an expectation among themselves, whereas last year, there was doubt. There were doubts like, are we this good? Are we this bad? you know where do we stand where do we rank in all this i think they've answered all that so answering the bell every day being the team that's being hunted but it's it's carolina so every game outside of duke you know they 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 they're hunted they're yeah. chased so it's always been that way so this year you'll be no different i think it's harder last year i think they'll be fine i think they'll be the team we expect them to be i i like I, too they, I think they've got a little
1: bit more depth rob And Hubert said he's not going to ride the starters as much as he did last year, which I don't know if it wore him down, but it certainly looked that way with the injuries, with guys getting tired uh, in the Final Four. I love Seth Trimble. I think Seth Seth Trimble can make sure that R.J. Davis is not playing more than 32 minutes a game. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I I don't think that it was – they were tired. I think it was just Armando Baycott sprained his ankle. And, look, I'm never, ever going to question that dude's toughness again. We've said this before. He is a warrior. Sure I want is. that guy in my corner anytime I'm going into a game, going into a fight, going into whatever, like get, get that guy on my roster and Seth Trimble. You're right. Stud, Puff Johnson got to respect him too. He threw up right in front of me, <laughs> like, like 10 feet in front of me on the court, which uh, I don't, I don't know if I need to see that again or relive that moment. All right. The last uh, interesting, I don't want to say the last interesting, but the, the third biggest storyline for me in this conference, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong is the question of whether or not UVA is back. Right. They won the title in 2019 and they haven't quite been at that same level the last three seasons. Part of the reason why you lose three NBA players off that roster. That's a hard thing to replace. Um, So where do you guys stand on what this Virginia team is? It feels like this is the most buzz, RC, that they have had probably since that team that that was coming back after losing to UMBC.
3: Well, they got their whole starting five back and the team's this team started playing better basketball later in the year uh i think they'll be I, I think they'll be right there competing they're an old team i mean you know they they're they're experienced as anyone else in this league i mean kia has a national he's on the national championship team and he's still playing so not many teams return five guys so they're getting five hey,
2: what was it ready. like guarding him because he was he was a freshman your your senior year right <laughs>
3: that's what it feels like i teased him about that <laughs> i teased him but i i tell you what what's what i why i'm so high on him now is because i had concerns about him i i early on because this team struggled to score. I mean, they went 10 minutes or 12 minutes of a, of a half without a field goal, but they got depth. I think adding, you know, I, I talked about, I asked Kihei and I asked actually Coach Bennett and they were bragging about the, the Isaac uh, McNeely yeah. kid saying that, that because because he, not only his ability to shoot, but you know, you don't he, he can make shots for him, which they're going to need. But if you don't defend, you can't play for Tony. And he played Pac-Line in high school. And that's an adjustment that freshmen struggle with he played it in high school that's going to speed up his transition for a freshman that's going to allow him to play.
1: Mm-hmm. Caden Shedrick will be better. Yep. Kihei is Kihei, right? Like, he is what he is. They He's had a Vanderplass, Vanderplas, who who's just kind of a Swiss Army knife type guy. They'll bring out the bench. That's yep, a veteran.
2: That's the big thing. He can that's shoot it some. Yeah. yeah, he
1: can shoot it. McNeely, like RC said, can really shoot it. And to me, I think the biggest difference is – What's Tony Bennett all about? Developing, right? Developing, being older. And he had a bunch of new dudes last year for the most right. part, right? Jaden Gardner, good player, first year in their system after transferring in Armand Franklin. Same thing. He couldn't make a shot. Now he those guys know Tony Bennett, his system. He knows them. I just feel like again, nobody's hurt more by the transfer portal and and, and all the turnover to me than Tony Bennett, because he needs consistency. He needs retention, and now he's got it this year.
2: Yeah, to your point, they lost Trey Murphy, who was an unexpected uh, first-round pick one year out of the program. Uh, They lost Casey Morsell to NC State. They lost Justin McCoy to North Carolina. They lost Jabri Abdul Rahim to Georgia out of last year's program. I will say this. They have a 27th-year senior at the point in Kihei Clark. (laughs) <laughs> Reese Beekman is a junior. Armand Flint, Franklin is a senior, second year at, uh, at Virginia. Jaden Gardner uh, is a uh, fifth-year senior, second season at Virginia. Caden Shedrick, Shedrick is a, uh, a redshirt junior, and they have two fifth-year seniors coming off the bench. They are as experienced as anybody in college basketball, and that stuff matters. I want to ask you this, RC. Reese Beekman, they need him. He can do everything except go get you a bucket when you need it. I right. think he's going to be able to add that this year. He
3: doesn't have to be great at it because, as you know, they're going to control the pace. He just needs to be good, and he's just take a step. All he has to do is get better. And he is, of all these guys we know we're getting, he's the one guy that we feel like, other than the additions to the team, he's the one guy we feel like can add something to his game to get better. I think he will. Uh, we'll see what system will they, they run, where they run a traditional, you know, but they spread it out a little bit. I, I think he's going to tinker a little bit with his offense. But either way, I I think Reese Beekman is the guy that can add a little bit. And that's all they're going to need because it's going to be the first one to 60 if you want to beat Virginia.
1: Five of the last nine years, Virginia has won the ACC regular season title. Are you betting against them? I I know Carolina, everybody loves them, myself included. But gun to your head right now, Carolina or Virginia, guys, to win the ACC regular season title. Who are you taking?
2: I I would say this. North Carolina at-bet rivers is plus 150 to win the regular season title. And Virginia is plus 700 to win the regular season. I'll take Virginia. Duke I'll, Duke, I'll, is, I'll, Duke is Duke is second been... right now in that ranking at plus 300, three to one. If you're going to ask me who I'm picking straight up, it's going to be North Carolina. If you're asking me who I would rather bet on right now, put lay a hundred dollars on them. True. I'd rather lay a hundred dollars on Virginia at plus 700 than North Carolina at plus plus one fifty.
3: Those are great odds. I, 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 that, that's a good answer. That's a good that's a lot of money. That's the great odds of it. But right. I i think the experience that Carolina has, I, I think that's the biggest thing. And their ability to score. Yeah. I, I think that's the hardest thing. They're going to be able to hurt you in so many different ways with so many shooters. They got a guy inside you can't guard. Virginia likes to double the post. So that means someone in North Carolina is going to get an open shot or close out. That's going to be tough. I, I just, if they were younger. I'd give it to Virginia. I just think Carolina has the experience as much as Virginia has this year, and I'd give them the slight edge because their ability to score. But I wouldn't want to – I'd be I'd Only be holding my bad. bet as long as I – as long as I can hedge my oh. bet, I'd be waiting the last minute before I put my money oh, my down. Me too. Me too.
2: I will say this: If you're into uh, into the futures betting odds and getting into the futures market, uh, make sure you subscribe to the Field of 68 Daily. The link is in the description below. We use Beehive as our server. There, uh, we are going to be, have plenty of content over the course of the next week or two when it comes to the futures markets, not just the ACC with every conference in the country as well as uh, as well as with some national title futures. There, are, there is a lot of value out there, Jeff. I'm not. I'm going to tease it right there. Make sure you use right. daily to find out. Um, all right, I want to get into to the, uh, the league tires, as my man T.O. would call them, the the, uh, the, the ACC's yeah. tiers. I think we can all agree North Carolina deserves to be in the first tier and probably in the first tier by themselves, right? And I think we all agree that UVA now and Duke eventually will probably belong in that second tier once we get to like about the February time of year, all right? What I want to know from you guys, there are a bunch of teams in that kind of next level, whether it's Florida State, whether it's Miami, whether it's Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, North Carolina State, Syracuse, I want to know who you guys think are in that next level, Goodman. I'm going to go to you first on this
1: one in the ACC. The next tire for me, according to <laughs> T.O. here, I can't believe he still said that, by the way. Imagine saying tires. Instead and believed of, it. <laughs> yes. Awesome. It's awesome. I, I've heard that down here. I've heard that down here. All right. So my next tire would have a bunch of teams. It might have six teams, in fact. And I I might even put Duke in this tire. Um, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Miami, Notre Dame, and then maybe, maybe, probably not, though. I'll go those four. And then I'm going to say NC State, Syracuse, are in maybe a next tire.
2: Mm, I I agree agree with that. I think there's a clear-cut top seven, R.C.,
3: I, I I agree with you. I I think Wake's going to be in a, when it's all said and done. I think. Oh, be- here we I, go. I know. I know. Go. Gonna, I know. Come on. I know you guys are going to call me a homer pick on that, but but I but I believe it. I think they'll be right there
1: in the mix. How much? How much? How much informs give you to say that? How much?
3: He offered, to buy, a, he offered to buy me. He offered to me. No, no, seriously. He, I, <laughs> I, I do. I I think they will. I think they'll be middle of the pack. Around seventh or eighth. I think eighth will be a good spot for them. They'll they'll be right in the position they were last year. And if they get a few wins against the Carolinas or the Dukes this year, you know, like they did last year, I think I think that'll get them over the hump.
2: So the two teams that are the most interesting to me out of that next group, right? I'm really interested to see what Miami's gonna be and all that John Ruiz money and Florida State, Leonard Hamilton. He seems to always have a team that is like 10 or 11 deep with a bunch of guys that you maybe never heard of before with, surrounded by a potential lottery pick, right? And they just find a way to win 25 games and make it to the Sweet 16. Last year, they were so banged up, there was one point where every projected starter was not playing for them. This year, they're bringing a lot of those guys back, whether it's Jalen Worley, whether it's Matthew Cleveland, whether it's Baba Miller. Shout out to Baba Miller. He's got a chance to be something special uh, there. So, so I, w- I want to know, R.C., I'll go to you first on this one. What do you Out of those two, Right, Florida State, Miami. Who are you most interested in seeing this season?
3: I think they're right there, going to compete for the league. Both of them. If Jalen, if Jalen Gainey didn't get hurt, I would have picked Florida State to win the league. Wow, to win the league? To win the league? What? Because I think their depth and their st- when they're healthy and their style of play. Whoa, I would have. I would. I would have had no choice picking them to be right at the very top. Ooh, I, I, I think they're that their style of play when they get the talent bothers them. And we talk about it It takes a minute for guys to fit in that system because, you know, we talked about those guys, the Matthew Cleveland, those guys, and we talked about, we talked about some of that guard play, you know, you know, we get the high recruited kids coming in there. You're not going to play 30 minutes in that system. You're basically playing TV timeout to TV timeout. So guys like Caleb Mills, who I think is a flat out bucket who can score as much as anybody that's a hard adjustment, and, and I spoke to him about that, asking those guys, and that's hard to do. I think a year in that system with those guys, they just lost rim protection, though. That you know, losing Gainey is is massive for them.
2: Hey, we are currently living in a world where Randolph Childress, right, ACC hey. legend. ESPN analyst is telling us that if a Brown transferred had not yep. gotten injured, yep. that yep. Florida State would be winning the ACC. Yeah. Right after telling us that Wake Forest had yeah. a chance to win the conference. Yeah, That's no, what no, no. All I didn't right say now win now the conference. Well. I said compete. The field of 68 after oh, dark is in I didn't sport. say Wake
3: was going to win it. I said they're going <laughs> to sneak up in that middle <laughs> tier of the conference
1: play. That, that was what I said. He said, said they're, they're going to
2: make the final four. That's what he said. You heard it, right, hey, Goodman? Hey, I'll live with it.
1: So well, the first, like, 20 minutes and then it just it went completely off the rails no. i don't know did you have a gummy or something this was the fi- think about it
3: after <laughs> they struggled even after they lost starters this was a team that won like five or six games in conference play and then they just got completely wiped out
2: well see i actually i agree with you that they're going to be really good right I, I do think that the two sophomores are going to take a step forward kayla mills was a guy that we talked about I, right. I think it was we talked about in last year's acc right. preview show as right. someone that could come in and be a program uh, yeah. kind of changing impact because he's a right. bucket getter. They didn't have bucket right. getters last year. Cameron Fletcher. I think that he has a chance to step oh. up and really kind of impact it. Right. Bob, o. Miller's like six, 11 blocking shots, making th- like he's exactly what you want out of the Florida state players. I just did not see you coming in and telling us that they're not going to win the league. Cause the Brown transfer got hurt
3: <laughs> because, the, because he was the one guy I know, to give them the versatility defensively that the way yeah. they want to play. That's true, And, they, and they're I mean, going to be able to hey. throw 15 fouls at that center spot, which is the way they want to play. Now they lose that depth. They don't have 15 fouls at center anymore in a league that that has, you know, John Hughley, that has PJ Hall, that has Armando Baycock, There's teams with, with front court guys that you need those 15 fouls, and they just lost five of them and a guy that gave them defensive versatility.
2: All right, look, I'm in. I believe it. if you're telling me that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on your You take said it, it with enough bank, conviction. Take it, take that it, I don't even bank. care. I'm just going to take it to the bank, all right? Goodman, uh, we have a Jim Lahrenieger coach team in Miami with maybe the best backcourt in college basketball. I don't think it's crazy to say that Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong as upperclassmen, I'll put it like this. They are as good as anybody in college basketball with the way that Nigel can shoot and the way that Isaiah can score. And if you're going to give me Coach L, with two really, really good guards, I think you just kind of have to say, yeah, that's going to be a good team because that's kind of what they do, right?
1: Yeah, and and to me, I think Jordan Miller's like the underrated dude on that team because we Mm -hmm. know what Wong and Pack are going to do. Jordan Miller's going to take that next jump because of all they lost last year, right? I mean, Gusty Wardenburg, uh, Charlie Moore was in his like 12th year. Uh, They lost a lot of experience on that team, but I, I think the big thing for them is up front. Right. Like who who steps forward? They're going to need somebody to step forward, but they are going to have really, really good perimeter play. And, uh, you know, the only big question is and I, I don't know if it's real or not. Right. I still don't know if whether NIL is going to actually creep its way into the locker room and potentially affect the chemistry of a team. But this is the only team where the numbers got out there publicly. And I, I don't again, I don't know. I mean, Nadja Pack 400 grand. Uh, Nor Chad Omier, uh, the Arkansas State transfer, he's also getting paid a ton of money. We saw Wong wanted more and deserved more and didn't get more. So if Nigel Pack doesn't have the year and Wong goes bananas, I I just, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't think Laranega cares. He's 70-whatever, and he just just wants to coach him up. But, RC, do you see that, like, having any effect in some of these teams, or or am I – Making something where where there's nothing there.
3: That depends on the locker room. I mean, that, in some cases, you're right. I mean, I, I can agree with you on it. I, I don't know if it changes what the league projects you to be. They don't care at that level. So, I, in in the locker room, he's still going to have to go out and perform at an all conference level to give himself a shot to ultimately be where he wants to be. I I, I don't I think those things are taken care of. I I, I find it hard to believe that Nigel Pack, I I heard about the numbers. I'm pretty sure there was just a conversation like, Hey, let's, let's, somebody called him and said, let's talk about this. Let's, let's get this resolved. And, and it's been resolved. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no way in the world you're going to risk because he could have gone in a portal and got twice as much or three times as much as that. So when he stayed, I thought somebody just made a phone call and said, let's calm this down. You'll get NIL money. Don't worry about it. Because had he, if he was stuck on that, they could have. He put his name in a portal. He's making as much money as
2: anybody. All right. So if I had to, if I had to um, put put some kind of money on it, I would say uh, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Miami, and Florida State are the teams I look at in this conference and say, okay, they have a very, very good shot of being tournament teams. It would be a disappointing year if they didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Virginia Tech probably have a team that's good enough to be in the conversation. Notre Dame, Mike Dayton, Young,
1: baby, Mike Young means- and shooting. Like, so, I'm not betting game. Mike
2: Young something. with shooters. Okay, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, NC State, are those the next three teams that you could see getting in? Where do you stand on those three? Goodman?
1: Yeah, I, I would say Virginia Tech, to me, could finish. It wouldn't shock me if Virginia Tech finishes third in the league this year. <laughs> wouldn't shock me. Um, again. There's nothing that Mike
2: Young could do that would shock me with a basketball team. Right?
1: Just, he'll figure I mean, something
2: out. They'll be better this year than they were last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, they got much back with receiving. They they, they got depth. Yeah.
3: They got depth now. They got much more depth than they had. I mean, they lose an elite. Aluma was big. They can't replace him again. That's that. But Murphy was
1: limited, RC. That was the one thing. Murphy was so limited. Padula comes in and honestly has a much higher upside. He was better. He is better. He is better. better. So I love Virginia Tech, and I think Notre Dame is dangerous because they bring back everybody. Obviously, they lost Blake West. shooters.
2: But they, 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 both those teams are just loaded with
1: guys that can make shots. Yes. And Starling comes in for Blake Wesley and they bring in a transfer in, in, Marcus Hammond that Mike brave feels like can give him 10, 12 points a night. So they're old, which usually those Notre Dame teams that are old, what happens? They yeah, win. Good. Yeah.
2: Here's the problem. Here's the There's, problem. The ahead. one spot that they are not old. RC is at the point guard spot. JJ Starling talks to me about him. You trust wow. him. Is he going to be good enough?
3: Not at the point I don't trust him at the point. I think Marcus Hammond handles that responsibility. He slides in and starts as a guard, which I think off the ball as a combo guard is where they want him to be. He helps them with that. I think the key to their team is going to be Matt Zona at center. You know, they lost Atkinson. Atkinson could score inside last year. He was a good player. And, and, And losing his production is going to be big for Notre Dame. The question is always going to be with Notre Dame. It's going to be, are they going to guard anybody? Can they get stops Mm -hmm. like that? That won't change with this group. You know, JJ Starling isn't doing that. They're just not as athletically, you know, with with the freshman, anybody else. And so it's going to be stops again. They they committed to the defensive end a little bit last year. Will they get stops this year enough will be determined whether they get to determine whether some of these teams pass them or they kind of come back to the pack.
2: Can I make an argument for NC State? Sure. Being the most dangerous team outside of like the top five, you want Kevin Keats, right? You want veteran players on the roster. You want a whole bunch of talented guards and you want guys who can get out of pressure with some level of rim protection at the end and some level of shooting in the half court. I think Jarkel Joyner Terquavian Smith and Casey Morsell, if Casey Morsell ends up being the guy we thought he was going to be when he first got to Virginia, I'm that's a happen. really, that's a really not good trio. I don't, yeah, it may, it may not, but that's a, that's a, on paper, that is a really good backcourt. Potentially a really good trio if Casey Morsell takes a leap. I do think that Jack Clark is a guy. I, I remember first game I ever called for NBC Sports Network was LaSalle hosting St. Louis. It was Jack Clark's, I want to say, fourth game, eight kid that played point guard in high school until he had a 7-inch growth spurt. Shoots at like 40% from three. He just has not been able to stay healthy. If he can be that kind of stretch four, playmaker, pulling people away from the basket, the big concern with me is whether or not DJ Burns can be a rim protector. You got to have some kind of presence on the inside, but whether he is a shot blocker or a guy that does uh, what Jalen Williams did at at Arkansas and just kind of is big and in the way you need some kind of presence inside. If you're going to defend the way that Kevin Keats wants to defend, but I think there's upside on that roster. Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind?
1: You know, I I think the big thing I worry about with NC state is you brought in a bunch of transfers, which Kevin Keats had to do, right? I mean, he's trying to save his job. He's getting older but he brought in a lot of transfers that hadn't won a lot of games at their previous spot. That always worries me, right? Jack Clark. I think he could be good. Jarkel Joyner. I think he could be good. Those guys lost a lot of games and then the holdovers, right? Smith lost a lot of games last year at NC state. So that part worries me, Um, but we'll see. I mean, he rolled the dice and, and he did it again, saying to himself, you know what, if I go down, I'm going down with transfers and older dudes.
3: Mm-hmm. I, the one thing I'll add to that is I think he'll get back into pressing because he added bodies. And that's one thing. They didn't have bodies last year. They couldn't get up. Kevin Keith's program used to press you, get after you. They need to turn you over. They don't want to play in this slowdown half-court pace. They got caught in that last year because they, they didn't have bodies. And I think now they got bodies. DJ Burns is not a rim protector, but he's a body. He's five fouls. He's a guy you're going to be able to occasionally throw the ball to inside. They're going to continue to play with – they got 15 fouls at that spot. Again, they're going to have a three-headed monster at center. They'll they'll cater their defense when he's in, leave him inside. And then the other guys, They'll I think they'll get after you more. So the more they can get in a transition game, the better they'll be because of their guard play. I think their guard play is as good as – it's underrated. We talk about all these other teams. I think their guard play is as strong as anybody's.
2: Yeah, as the old saying goes, if you cannot block a shot, just throw them through the basket stanchion. And DJ Barnes should at the very least be good enough to do hey, that. But
3: I will say this. We're we forgetting, and, I, I don't, and don't, we're going to talk about this late in the year. We're forgetting Boston College. I think they'll take a step and jump up
2: in there. Returning everybody.
3: And I, 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 they, they're, Go ahead.
2: I, I, I'm out. Go ahead. Goodman, okay. that's all you. Goodman. Go ahead. I, I, no, I, I,
3: I'll step on a limb. I'm not saying they're going to win a league. I'm saying, don't be surprised if they're in the middle of the pack of this league, which is a great start for them. It was a great yeah. jump. This team won six games in the league a year ago. They're, they're returning. They're returning everybody.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, they really
3: and they got a really good freshman group coming in. That's the <laughs> recipe. We talk about all these old guys, the old team that was playing as well as anybody late in the year, won a game of the tournament, put wake out of the tournament. They're returning everybody. So
1: Mackay Ashton Langford is is honestly, he might be creeping up on how old Doster is. He's that old. <laughs> I, I saw him the other day. I'm like, dude, I've known you since like, like real, even 16 it? years old. It, it feels like it was 20 years ago. I was covering him in recruiting. So when he I think he committed to UConn years ago, yeah, he did. Um, it, he was a tough um, Langford, group. Tough. Quentin Post yeah. has made a jump down low. That's gonna be key. And and yeah. the freshman, the kid prints uh a, a league bay. Yes. Oh my Man. God. I, I love him. Like, I think he's going to be a stud. He may start from them for them. I, I don't know if he will. because But again, he's team. in an
3: ideal situation, Jeff, because he get to come from the bench and then is he yeah. playing well? He plays. If not, yes. you go with your veteran guys, Donald Ham, those yeah. guys coming in, they got freshmen that get to play like freshmen behind veteran guys. So they're going to be nine deep on a team that, like I said, they finished with six wins last year. So all it takes is two games and they're already get eight, nine wins.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This is why you come to the field of 68 <laughs> for analysis because uh, Randolph Childress is towning Wake Forest and Boston College. Hey, uh, next thing you know, Before we're going go to have you in the Big next. He's, te- he's going to tell us how DePaul is going to win the Big East this season. No, nah. He's, he, he, nah. he's it's, big, big on it's the There's still couch. only water
3: in here. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't missed <laughs> it yet.
2: Speaking, speaking of Cal, I just want to say for the record, Mackay Ashton Lankford's first college basketball season was the 2017-2018 season. This is going to be the first college basketball season since 2016-2017 that Charlie Moore is not starting at the point guard for somebody. It's crazy when you think about that. The last year that Charlie Moore was not playing college basketball, Ryan Archie Diacono was the point guard at Villanova. Just think about that for a second. Just take a step back and think about that for a second. All right. Uh, You mentioned a little bit earlier, Goodman, um, Kevin Keats is coaching for his job. Real quick, I just want you to roll through who is on the hot seat this year in the ACC. Where could we potentially see uh, jobs opening up? And are any of them going to be appealing enough to maybe get a big name involved uh, at the, when, when that time comes, if that time comes.
1: I mean, Brad, Brad Brunel is the one that you look at right away, and it's basically um, he makes a tournament or I think he's done. Um, you know, they, they've they've got a, a fairly young AD there uh, who wants to make basketball relevant again consistently. Brad, we know he can coach. That's never been the question. I, I just don't think they're going to be good enough. Uh, Brunel. He signed a two-year extent. And remember, all these extensions, guys, for whoever's listening, they mean nothing. They mean jack shit. All that matters is the buyout. All that matters is the buyout here. So when somebody gets an extension, if if the buyout's 500000 or a million or whatever at the high major level, that is chump change. So Brunell, Jeff Capel at Pittsburgh, he was saved by the buyout last year. It was something like, I think it was like I don't know, 13 million or something crazy, 11 million. Uh, it's down a bit. You know, he took chances already on Dior Johnson, the freshman who's been arrested, uh, suspended, talented kid, but it's bounced around to 10 different uh, stops at different high schools. Uh, Capel needs to Oh, just win. 10
2: different high schools, that's it?
1: I think, well, I think some of those high schools might be, you know, back and forth, I don't know. But uh, Keats, as we said, has a buyout uh, that's significant. But again, if if they have another year like they had last year, then I think I think Kevin Keats is probably will coach uh, the, you know last year uh, at NC State. I think they'll be better than that, but they can't go ahead and win four games again uh, in the ACC. Georgia Tech, new AD recently, just in the last month, you know the old AD has stuck with uh, Josh for for a couple of years, and obviously he saved his job two years ago in the pandemic. Uh, by uh, by getting the NCAA tournament. Uh, but they had a, a, a miserable year last year. They're probably set for a repeat performance this year. And uh, I think that is it, those four. I, I will say this about Brad. If P.J. Hall's
3: healthy, they got a puncher's chance. If, if John Hughley's healthy, they yeah. provided shooting enough. Even though Dior got headlines, they got enough veteran perimeter shooting. They have all ACC caliber guy, even Keats. They have, they have a player on their team that's, that's all conference consideration, that, that you got a chance with those guys. So the, I think they got a chance to win. They may need things to go well or not as deep as some of these other teams, but they got players and they, they've gotten in a portal and changed things that they, they're not going to be a tough out for anybody. You know, I, so you know I think the least talented team will probably be Tech. And because of that change in administration, like you said, it always makes it difficult. So you got to have a rapport with your AD. But I, I think those other guys got to punch a chance with the, the count of the, the individual players that they may have that they can ride upon. But for Clemson, P.J. Hall has got to be healthy.
2: I think the much more interesting coaching conversation is how long Jim Beheim and Jim Laronega last at their, their two stops, whether or not Syracuse or Miami opens at any point Uh, in time because those guys are they're they're getting up there in age I don't want to put exact numbers on it because I always feel like that's a little bit rude to do Uh, but they're they are they're not as young as uh, as Jeff Goodman that's saying a lot Jim
1: Beheim turned 78 November 17th so I'll put the number out there and I love Jim I do I get along with him great we've had our ups and downs over the years Uh, he once told me and another writer to go get our Pulitzer's Elsewhere in a press conference. If you remember that, that was directed at me and another student writer at the time. Uh, but listen to me, this is a hard one because I know Jim wants to go out the right way. I, I had lunch with him last year when he came into Boston and he wanted to give it a shot with this young group that he's got coming in and he got you to mince, talented, talented uh, freshman point guard that allowed Joe Girard to go over and play his natural position off the ball you know hope Benny Williams takes a jump they got a couple other good freshmen um, you know the the, the the big question is can he get to the tournament and then feel good about stepping away you know his line to me was listen yeah I'm 77 or last year was 76 or 77 I'm not playing and and, and I'll tell you what Jim beheim's wits my dad's 80 oh. my my dad's got more energy than I do and he's with it as much if not more than I am okay so Jim Beheim, is not hard. With it. <laughs> it's not hard. Agreed. But like, that's the one thing we put, you know, we put this, it's not like Jim Beheim was just like, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have shoot arounds day of games anyway. It wasn't like Jim Beheim was just like relentless Tom Izzo-esque worker anyway. Um, so I I don't know if it'll be this year or next year. I, I would think it'll be one of the next two years that Jim Boeheim, uh probably calls it a career. And then the big question, RC, is, who who steps in?
3: I think the first name comes to mind now. If it if it goes the way Coach Behan wants, he's he's been on record saying he has a succession plan in place. I, I I thought it'd be Adrian Autry. I thought he'd be the guy that that's been there. He, he played at the program. He's been there through the years. Um, I mean, where do you go? You would imagine a guy that's been in. He's earned the right to pick it. So he's gonna pick someone. I I can't imagine. He's going to go and pick someone from outside of his no, country. He won't. he won't do that. Won't. And I, I think Hopkins had his run and way things turned out in Washington. I don't think anybody feels comfortable that he's going to be the guy. I, I think Autry right now would be the guy. I think that they would kind of turn the reins over to because they need to. I think it's when they do it. Whenever, he's earned the right to do it whenever he wants. I mean, I'm never sure I'm not going to be a person to say he should retire or not. But I do think they need to get somebody in there and then appoint them and let them con- make the announcement at least if they, I think they, I do think this shit would be a great time if it's going to be somebody like Archie. Just make the announcement so everybody knows and it doesn't hurt the recruitment when all the speculation happens.
2: Uh, Jeff, know. there's a question coming in from the chat. Um, I don't know if it's relevant to this conversation, but I figured it's time to bring it up. Um, they want to know if you're going to apologize for picking Duke to beat North Carolina by 42 points last season. I think I said North
1: it was stadium. fifty-two. I think it was fifty-two. All right.
2: Uh, then someone else wanted to know um, if you're going to apologize for saying that the ACC was only going to get one bid last year.
1: One bid, ACC. That was one pretty good. ACC? Are you guys got to admit that that had a nice ring to it for a while?
2: Oh, you meant they were only going to get one bid to the national title game? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Listen, or one bid to the listen, final four. What was? Nobody it? was pushing back. Even RC and an ACC guy at that point in the season mm-hmm. when we were heading into like, I mean, that might have been. Mid January, even right, it was later, it was later than that because yeah, it might have been that. February, might yeah, it be it looks... February. And again, the problem is you you make your resume in, in as a league in November, December, yep. and yep. they got to win some games. I mean, you look at it here, and you know, I, I got a few of these mid tier teams. Uh, obviously, Duke Carolina play people, Virginia plays people, they got Baylor in Vegas, they got at Michigan, at Houston, uh, versus Houston at home, but like. The Virginia Tech doesn't have a lot on its resume. Miami doesn't have a lot in terms of what they're playing in the the non-conference. Florida State does. They got a really tough. Florida State will be the one that honestly should be in good shape because if you look at their games, their their big games are all in Florida. Florida at home. Then they play in the, the Orlando tournament, the ESPN one. Purdue at home. St. John's in Sunrise, Florida. So they're in good shape. I, I, I really like their preseason schedule that will benefit uh, Florida State. But I'm, I'm with R.C. Let me just say, I'm with R.C. on the Red Autry train. Uh, the other – the hard part of that is they also have Jerry McNamara on their bench, who's kind of the fan favorite, right? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. the more recent dude. Yeah. The guy that everybody kind of associates with Syracuse. Got a ring. But, but Red, the one thing I'll say is, like, Red's the associate head coach right now. So I I don't know. I feel like if Beha made him the associate head coach, don't you have to give it to him if you're going to give it to somebody already on your bench?
3: And I thought about what you said, like McNamara, because he was he was on a national championship team. But when he promoted red, I was like, man, I I can't see how he would now appoint someone underneath him. But maybe he was expecting him maybe to move on or so. But we'll see. We'll find out in the future. I'm sure.
2: All right. We got about six minutes left in the show. Uh, really quick, I just want 30 seconds from each of you. Are you buying Kenny Payne having success at Louisville? Goodman, you go first.
1: Yeah, not now. I mean, it, I mean, they're going to be horrible this year. They don't have a point guard. I mean, L. Ellis, like, I, I don't know. I mean, L. Ellis to me, he, he's got a lot of maturity doing his game, right? And then they signed a kid late, uh, a kid from, I think, Italy that I know nothing about as a backup point guard. I think their third guard is, uh, uh the rappers kid what's his name
2: percy Miller
1: yeah I think Percy Miller's their third point guard right now he might be their backup today I don't know so uh no I, I think Louisville's gonna stink this year. Uh I, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished like 14th in the league this year. RC, yeah, so you,
2: you got something nicer to say I no one no, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm finishing my thought. Let me well I gave you thought. 30
2: seconds and you took well, 30 I'm seconds talking 45. about rappers. RC forty five RC, RC RC you, you picked
1: Boston Kenny College. will be good. You picked
2: Boston College to finish top four in the conference and win no, I did not Look, win the ahead. national title. Are go you ahead. calling are you calling Louisville? Are they are they you know a legit second weekend threat here?
3: I'm as I'm as concerned as Jeff is, and I think I'll take it one step further. My concern is I was expecting some momentum in recruiting. Right. Me too. Is what my concern is right now. It, it, this team was already set and made. I thought by now they have a bigger buzz with that staff yeah. in recruiting and it seems like they put all the eggs in one basket, and, and we all know who that is, and I don't know if he's going there anyway. So I, do, I, mean. I, I just would expect more momentum in recruiting that we hadn't seen from him. So that's what's the biggest alarm is for me right now.
2: All right, let's go through the rest of this really quick before we get into our, uh, our official power rankings. Um, All-ACC team, player of the year, anyone against Armando Baycott, got to be him, right? Hell no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, Armando. All right, who would you take for your, for your preseason ACC all-first team? Got to um, go with Wong, right? I think you got to get Wong on there. I would have R.J. Davis first team over Caleb
1: Love. Me too. Me too. I, I God, freaking just, love R.J. I, I think we all are. We all love R.J. Don't yeah, we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I think taquavian Smith is the other consensus guy. For instance, so put up numbers. I, after that, I think it's where you can kind. It, it's more of an opinion. I, don't I think know. it's.
2: I think it's those those four, and mm-hmm. then for the almanac we had John Cugley. You guys, Higgly. yeah, he's going to put would up you numbers. Put someone there? else there.
1: Yeah, I like Hughley. I think Hughley's going to put up, you know, big numbers. I think he'll put up the
3: numbers. But if Virginia finishes to where we think, a guy like Reese Beekman, I think it'll be whoever's a guy, whatever team takes that step and gets up in there, if it's a Caleb Mills leading up Florida State in scoring or Reese Beekman leading Virginia, I think he'll be be one of those
1: guys. I think Jaden Gardner will be the guy because in a bad year last year, he still put up, what, 15 and six?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. You know? All right, let's let's get into our uh, let's get into our power rankings. Uh, we'll start everyone. You know what I want to start with? I am want to start with who you got in last place. We'll all go through and pick who we got in last place. <laughs> RC, who you got in last place in the ACC? I got the Yellow Jackets. The Yellow Jackets, Goodman.
1: Yeah. yeah, hell yeah,
2: consensus. Sorry, Josh Pastner, fourteenth. Uh, no. After all that hatred, I I, I think you got to go Louisville, right, Goodman? you can gonna have someone under Louisville. Yep, I under got Louisville
1: to get to the guard play. Terrible guard play.
2: Everything is guard play with Jeff Goodman. That's why he loves the ACC this year, loaded with guards. Uh, 13th, RC, who you got?
3: I got Syracuse.
2: Ooh.
1: Whoa.
3: Whoa. I think they're going to have a tough time scoring. I think 12 or so. It, where's the scoring going to come from? You're relying on a freshman to score. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know where they're going to score their points. And, and even though the zone is going to keep them in games, they're going to have to score. I just don't know where it comes from. They don't have the – Elite perimeter play, that they're accustomed to having. It used to be that one, two, and three could give you twenty a game. Right now, and I don't see that happening with the current roster. They're relying on freshmen, and that's tough to do in that league. I got, I Clemson. got, got
2: pit. I got Clemson. I got at Thirteen. 30. You got Clemson. I, yeah, I got Clemson. I, I, we, Twelve.
3: Again, and it's funny because again, we say what we want about those guys. They have first team potential players on their team. That was my struggle with them. Like, I don't Disagree with you. I just,
2: I just don't trust. I don't, I don't trust. The pit culture right now. It just strikes me as the kind of thing where you could put all the talent on the roster there. I need to see them win before I actually believe that they're gonna win. I've I have in 12. What do you guys have there?
1: Pit pit 12.
2: Pit 12th. Yeah. Um, I have uh I have BC 11th Wake eleven. Wake eleven. RC is mad it, about that.
1: Stop
3: look it, Jeff. You it. can't possibly believe that. There's no way. <laughs> I'm not even gonna answer this,
1: man. Get out of here. Who you gotta love it? Who you got
3: 11? There's up. no way. I'll bet that there's no way. Wake doesn't fit. Wake finishes lower than than ninth or tenth. There's no way at ninth. At so who, ninth. Do a, who do you have?
2: Who do you have? Eleven.
3: Uh y'all already skipped who I had eleven, so it doesn't matter. It was, it was, it was I'm not even comment next. You got i I'm, I'm gone. I'm next. Who do you got eleven? I had pity eleven. All right. I had All right. You know I'm that. a huge, I'm a huge Hugley fan. I think he's like we just talked about. I think he's a I think we talked about Dior, but they got shooters, they got transfers, they got shooters. So if you got three-point shooters around him,
2: yeah. RC is so she- uncomfortable every time that we have to make him make a pick for someone being bad. He's such an ACC homer on this show. I love it. Go all oh, in, baby. Oh man, y'all killing me. I'm to be we positive. Need? We needed We needed a good conference homer. Sean Miller's it's going. It's coming we though. It's coming. We don't, we don't have coming. anyone to ride for the Pac-12. Now we got RC riding for the ACC. It's, it's coming. I'm in. I got, I, right, got I got, I got your, I got your Demon Deacons tenth RC Goodman. Who do you have tenth? BC BC ten.
3: I got state NC State
2: 10th. Oh man, my, that's my sleeper pick. Uh, ninth, I have Syracuse.
1: Me too. Syracuse ten. Uh, nine. What do you got RC? I got
3: BC. This is my Wake Forest BC area, right? All now. right, that's fine. All right, fair Good
2: enough. Up. I have I have NC State eighth, and to me, this is the cutoff where you have right. a real conversation about tournament teams. Me I would too. say NC
3: State eighth. I got, eight. Yep. I got wake in BC kind of eight,
2: eight nine. Yeah. Oh, eight he's nine. going pods. He's going to pods. It's yeah, the Christian Hackenberg right here. All right. I have a, uh, so my next, these next four for me are all just kind of like you could throw them in a hat and pick them yep. out, but I have Virginia tech seventh. I just, at the end of the day, I think they are the least talented of that group. So it's a lot of them
1: fourth. I have them fourth. Virginia. I have Notre Dame seventh. I got Notre Dame seven.
2: I have Notre Dame sixth.
3: Miami. I have I have a two-way tie, and you're gonna get on me for being homer. What
2: do you mean you're going do this? I got a tie. <laughs>
3: this is my this this is my, my Duke Virginia Tech area.
2: You have Duke of Virginia Tech fifth and sixth.
3: I have Duke of Virginia Tech fifth.
2: Ooh, love it. Love I it. This is what I'm saying.
3: I think again a tournament team. It's not that I'm crushing Duke, it's a tournament team, but we we've already discussed already the things, about. I think they're still in a tournament. I just think they're going to struggle early.
2: Did, did Shamal Williams call you? Was that what it was? Did he get back in <laughs> your ear and tell you that, that Duke was over? If I'm picking a fifth, not,
3: Jeff, that's not an back? insult. They're, they're super young. Like They're the youngest team in the league by far. <laughs> and there's no Paulo McCarroll in walking through that door.
1: I thought about putting them. Listen, I thought long and hard RC yeah. about not putting Duke in my preseason top 25. I just couldn't do it. So I put it like 14 which is yeah. way too high for me. Like I said, I have, have I
2: have, I have Florida state fifth Goodman.
1: Yeah. I got Florida state fifth. I got Virginia tech. Like I said, fourth.
2: I have Miami fourth uh, RC. They're
1: going to be really good. I got
3: Miami fourth as well.
2: Yeah. I got Miami fourth. I went Duke three. I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to drop them all over just because I know what their ceiling is at the end. Yeah. But I think if we're going on what they are at the start of the season, I think they're in that six, seven range today, as opposed to what they will be once they figure everything out. Who you got third?
3: If they figure it out, Duke, if. Florida state,
2: <laughs> Florida state. Love it. Um, so I have Duke third.
1: We all have Carolina. And then, then Virginia, was, then Virginia.
2: we all have yeah. Carolina, Virginia one and two,
1: and man. It was tough. I got to say, I still think about flipping them and going with Virginia at one. I, I really do. I, I just think they're going to be, Tony Bennett's got a team that, that fits him and they're going to be super focused. And Carolina is going to have some ups and downs this year. They are. They, they are they're, still, they're still not, like, convinced me that they are the team that they were from March 5th on. I, well, I, I want to see – What the they
3: haven't that. played yet, Jeff. How they going to convince I you? I want to see them, know, right?
1: You haven't
2: even seen a practice. But they <laughs> been, like, get out of here. Listen, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark ACC preview show. If you're still watching, make sure you go by the Almanac. The link is in the description below. Subscribe to the Field of 68 Daily. Go cop some merch from our merch store, Field of sixty eight dot shop, the uh, Field of sixty eight dot shop, and check in tomorrow night. I will be joined by Terrence Oglesby and Randolph Childress for the Big Twelve preview show. Who knows who RC is going to hype Kansas up tomorrow State. night?
1: It might be Kansas State. It could be. I got ties there.